Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Morning, Birds fans. It is a Thursday edition of Birds 365. That would be with John McMullen and Jody McDonald. And John McMullen's got to leave the comfort of his uh, ocean studio to actually do some work today to get down to the Novacare complex to check out the Eagles. Jay Mack, you got a full tank of gas ready to go? 
I don't have a full tank of gas. That's part of the problem. I do have to stop for gas, Jody. But, you know, don't say this stuff out loud because you sound like my wife. And my wife's like, oh, football's over. You can do this. You can do that. You can do this. You can do that. And, you know, no matter how many times I explain to her, the offseason for reporters and in a lot of ways, it's more, it's more work than the regular season, which is pretty structured and, you know, game to game. It, it never ends in the NFL. We, we, we might not be boots on the ground at the Novacare complex, but this team keeps us very, very busy. Well understood. Uh, just noting that you actually have to get in the car and go. That yeah, I'm saying it's kind of easier for you today because it's right there in front of you. You're not having to dig. You can get use your two eyes and see something, which is the first question I'm going to ask you today. And uh, the media is allowed in. You get to stay for the entire practice, right? The hour or maybe under an hour or slightly over an hour. Yeah. You get to be there the whole time, right? Not just all right. You guys can leave now. Yeah, get to be there the whole time. Um, only pictures and video for a very short uh, portion of the practice, so fans get excited with that. But we we don't get to you know you you never get to film team drills or anything like that because God forbid anything gets out there. Um, but yeah, we get to watch the whole practice. We get to watch um, the whole practice next week. We'll get to watch every practice and training camp back in the old days, we would watch every mini camp practice. Um, now, like everything else scaled back, there's six OTAs overall. We get to watch two of them. Uh, one this week, one next week. Um, and that's as much as you will see of this team until training camp in late July. Gotcha. So here's what I need John uh, McMullen to observe an eye on. And I think you'll agree with me. This is something if you can uh, pick up something on it, it would be well of note. And uh, both you and me and all of our streamers would like to know. They're going to run some defensive drills. It's going to be a lot of seven on sevens, but there'll be some 11 personnel out there on the field. And when I say 11, I mean all 11 guys, not specifically a design to it, but all 11 players on the field defensively. Jonathan Gannon is no longer here. He has been replaced by Sean Desai, who after listening to Sean Desai, you guys did a good job uh, with your first chance to interview him. I think you got to know the guy and, and see how he ticks and uh, what his general philosophy is about playing football. But I expect there to be some differences between his defense and Jonathan Gannon's defense. It's going to be very similar. The general philosophy is right in line. But everybody does some things differently. There'll be tinkering. There'll be changes. Do you think you'll even be able to get a hint at what those changes might be in anything you're going to pick up uh, before camp ever even opens up? Probably not. I'm, I mean, maybe from the personnel aspect of it, um, you might get, you know, three safeties is something I'm interested in. Is he going to use three safeties more than two linebackers? Um, you know, but that part, part of that has to do with, you know, maybe, Terrell Edmonds slash Sidney Brown as a rookie is better than Nicholas Morrow. So that might be just a personnel thing. 
Uh, and if they're able to get a linebacker at some point, maybe that ships back. But he's not going to be unveiling, you know, looks. Uh, um, you know, a lot of people have talked about overload uh, sort of looks he used in Chicago at times that maybe are a little bit different. In other words, you put, say, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat on the same side and, and try to attack uh, maybe a perceived weakness in that way a little bit more. He, he seemed to do that quite a bit in Chicago. But the base philosophy is is going to be the same. And I know people don't want to hear that, but it's going to be the same. I, I mean, if anything, it, it might be a little bit closer. And maybe if, if you want change, hang your hat on that. Sean even mentioned it um, when talking about a lot of people use Vic Fangio's defense, but a lot of those people didn't learn it under Vic Fangio. He actually learned it under Vic Fangio. Uh, Jonathan Gannon didn't, you know, Brandon Staley didn't, a uh, bunch of people didn't. So maybe he runs it better than Jonathan Gannon. So I would try to hang my hat on that rather than expecting you know, crazy blitzes and all the, the, the I'm sorry. I, again, I, I ask all the time at fans, do you want me to lie to you? I can lie to you, but that's not my thing. So it's not, it's not going to change much. Uh, they believe in what they believe in, uh, 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 limiting explosive plays um, and, and, trying to stop the run with light boxes and, and, and try to disguise coverage as much as possible. And if things go wrong, which you don't want, if things go wrong, maybe you start to see some changes. Maybe you start to see Nick Sirianni demanding certain things, but philosophy is the philosophy and that part's not going to change much. Well understood. That's why I said tinkering slight differences it's not coming in here with a whole new look and a whole new way of doing things that's not happening i think we all understand that but uh as you point out good point uh, about what uh desai said he got it directly from vic fangio others got it through others who got it through vic fangio and man what do you know what year fangio is going into the hall of fame because with the amount of copying of his system and the credit he gets for doing it his way, he should be rubber stamped now for a spot in Canton. But uh, I digress. We'll see how the Dolphins defense plays this year. I, I just I'm intrigued to see the small changes in detail that we may see from the Eagles defense. And maybe it'll be even less than I think. I, I'm not stating it's going to be massive changes. I, I'm with you 100%. On it. It's going to be very similar to what we've looked at the last two years. But there'll be some changes that I'm interested well, to the see. Bit, you know, I, I mention all the time with the offense in, in the shift from Nick Sirianni to Shane Steichen as the play caller. It's a little bit different because they're different people and they'll do different things in the moment. That's where you're going to get differences. That's where you're going to get differences. And then the second part is you have five different starters. So you have different personnel. So, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see differences, but from a philosophy and scheme standpoint, I don't think it's going to be much different. Well, there are, you're right, personnel changes, a couple defections via free agency, and uh, we'll see how Harry Roseman is done at filling in the blanks on the Eagles. Well, I'll give one uh, good piece of news 
to the new Eagles defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, who uh, you and I are on record and several of our guests have agreed with us. He's kind of swimming upstream. He's he, There's both the very positive aspect of taking over the Eagle defense and there's also a negative aspect. The positive aspect is his name's not Jonathan Gannon, who is more disliked than liked in town, despite the results, despite what the stats said. People just weren't Jonathan Gannon fans here in this town. So anyone not named Jonathan Gannon is stepping into a position where at least a good percentage of the fan base is going to be happy to have you. The bad news is, and this flies right in the face of those who didn't like Jonathan Gannon, statistically, it's one of the best Eagle defenses of all time. <laughs> Don't say that, Jeff. Uh, well, <laughs> like you said, what do you want me to do, lie to you? Yeah. Um, they were the number two overall defense by a couple of yards, as a matter of fact. Yeah. They were the number I think one. 16 pass- yards, by the way. Right. 16 yards. One Essentially one yard per game, 17 games, but essentially one yard per game from being number one. From being number one. And they were the number one passing defense in the National Football League. So, and oh, by the way, they got almost a record-setting 70 sacks. Certainly a record-setting for the Philadelphia Eagles. Almost the record-setting for all time in the history of the National Football League. And kind of like me, I, I'm with the I'm with the masses on this one. I like sacks. You're you're a you can acknowledge pressure kind of guy. I want you to get home. Pressures are nice. You're right. Sometimes pressures, like the championship game against Minnesota, well documented by my partner. He brings it up every time I question pressure. First long, they're, they're, baby. First long. They don't get the pick. No smicks up. Eagles don't no. look. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that's true. And there are a lot of times where you get a pressure and the guy completes a 50-yard pass and they mark it down as a pressure as if that's a great play. No, you didn't get there. And the guy completed a 50-yard touchdown. So you got to go through it every single play and every single pressure to really get the feel of it. You put a little bit more emphasis on it. I put a little less emphasis on it. No one could argue sacks are good things. And, yes, I like sacks. And, yes, the Eagles got 70 sacks last year. And both John McMullen and Jody McDonald are taking the under on that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, very, 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 very difficult to project 70 sacks for this team this year. So, yeah, this side's going to be out to that. And that's uh, – he better – if the if there's going to be a drop-off, it better not be a massive one. Otherwise, Eagle fans will start to hate <laughs> the new defensive coordinator the same way they hated the old defensive coordinator. And by the way, Jody, you've never – you can go back to all the times we've discussed this, and you, you have never heard me say sacks are a bad thing. Where, where you and I differ is – Pressure is more predictive than sacks. Like, you know, a lot of people that criticize Jonathan Gannon point out they didn't face a lot of good quarterbacks, which is true. They didn't face a lot of good quarterbacks. And when they did, they struggled. Now, part of that is I laugh out loud because that's how it works. When you face good quarterbacks, you have more difficult time than when you face bad quarterbacks. But when you do face bad or lesser quarterbacks, when you do take advantage of it, that's a good thing. The Eagles had so many of these quarterbacks that didn't have pocket presence, didn't understand, didn't – like I always say, if you're facing Tom Brady, you're not getting a lot of sacks. You're not. You might get three would be unbelievable. You know, he's getting the football out on time. Younger quarterbacks tend to hold on to the football tend to try to make plays, tend to not read defenses as quickly. And all of a sudden you have more opportunities. 
So to me, pressure is more predictive. But also to get back to Sean Desai, I did want to mention this. Uh, my buddy at the Honest NFL is one of the best followers on Twitter, especially if you like the Eagles. He under he, you know, used to work for the team, understands the scheme, understands the defensive philosophy. Uh, he broke down five games. I think he's doing them all, but he, he broke down five games when Desai was the offensive coordinator, uh, defensive coordinator in Chicago. Um, the first five, four-man rush, 78 percent 79 percent 88 percent 80 percent that's that's what you're getting you're not getting big that that that's that's the defense that's what it's going to be that's amazing consistency that even blew my mind and you're up to 89 percent now at the time chicago i think you know, last year Chicago fell off the table, as we know from a pass rush perspective. They were pretty good for a long time on the pass rush. They were getting home with four um, very good defense. So, you know, part of that is you're successful, like the Eagles are, were last year, 70 sacks. Why the hell are you blitzing if you're getting 70 sacks? Right. It doesn't make any sense. You don't need to blitz. So, That's you know. That made more guys in coverage. Yeah. It, the last thing you want is to not get home with four. So you shouldn't be rooting for that is, is what I'm trying to say. And, the, just, and by the way, the Eagles should have one of the best pass rushes. They're not going to get 70 sacks, but they're still going to have one of the best pass rushes because their defensive line is so talented. Let me ask you about that defensive line. Um, I know I'm a Bucky Brooks fan. We discuss Bucky every once in a while. More draft season than anything else. But he's he's a contributor for the NFL Network all year long. I think he's pretty good. Uh, you're, a, you're a Bucky Brooks fan too, right? Yeah, I like Bucky. Yeah. yeah, I think he does a good job. I saw this on NFL.com, uh, which kind of surprised me. Because uh, like you and uh, all those others who have to cover the National Football League and come up with angles and stories all the 365 days a year. He decided to break down. Have you seen what Bucky's last post was? I don't believe so. Okay, good. Um, he broke down every unit in the National Football League. And when I say unit positionally, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, all 32 teams, all six units. That's a lot of teams. Do the math. That's 180-something units. Um, he came up with the top five. The Eagles have one unit in the top five of all units in the National Football League. What unit do you think it is? Well, I think it's going to be defensive line. I think it should be offensive line. But I, exactly. I think that's the way I'm guessing why you brought it up. Yeah, that's exactly why I brought it up. Um, yeah. And uh, maybe a little disrespect coming here. Oh, Eagle fans love disrespect. <laughs> the the top five units in the National Football League, as per Bucky, Bucky Brooks, going into this upcoming season. Number one, the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. So he's showing the Eagles defensive line a lot of love, putting them above all other positional groups in the NFL. Number two, the Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers. Which makes a lot of sense. They got a triumphant. It is a good group. It really is. Third, and you know I like this one, the San Francisco 49ers linebackers. 
Somebody showing a little respect and a little love to the linebackers. It's not the Philadelphia Eagles. That's for damn sure. But Bucky Brooks is by putting the 49ers linebackers as the third best positional group in the National Football League. Number four is an offensive line, and it's not the Philadelphia Eagles. The Detroit Lions. I've been telling you that for years, Jody. That is a good group. That I don't is, think they're as good as the Eagles, but well, I, yeah, they're number group. four. Philadelphia Eagles not yeah. to be found on this list. Lions ahead of the Eagles. Big V, what's his name again? You can pronounce it. Halapuli Bati Baitai. There you go. Who evidently he, contemplated retirement. I saw a story. Uh, I didn't read it though, but uh, evidently Halapuli Bati Baitai contemplated retirement. But he's sort of the weak link on that line anyway. Very good I, offensive line. He only contemplated he's going to be back, and he's probably going to be at right guard. As a matter of fact, the, the Lions' only position of question is right guard, kind of like the Eagles. And the fifth and final one was the secondary of the Miami Dolphins with the addition of Jalen Ramsey, getting a lot of love from Bucking Yeah, that's Bucking. a good group. And by the way, the Dolphins' receivers, uh, that's a good group as well. Um the Dolphins are pretty talented. Uh, don't yeah, sleep on make, them as a Jets make guy. A stupid Super Bowl last year. I would have cashed so much money if yeah. it was the Eagles against the Dolphins. As they I predicted, the, they, they they broke the Eagles' undefeated uh, joint practice streak as well in the heat down yeah. there. Ed Kratz knows that. Uh, Ed Kratz uh, was uh, down there, and he'll sweat it up with us next. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You got Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. 
she did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Season going. Looks like he's been pumping iron all off season. What are you tipping the scales at now, Kratz? <laughs> I don't know. Is that in my non-disclosure agreement? Yeah, non-disclosure. But you got to yeah. stay at a certain weight, or uh, That's you know, right. Nick Sirianni's going to be upset by it. I'm how many? How many times can you get up to twenty-five? That's the that's the key. Well, I'm, I'm expecting I'm gonna go. I'm going to go twenty-five for Ed Kratz. 20, okay. All right. Well, maybe we can. Uh, Maybe we can talk them into letting us use the weight room today. I could certainly use the workout. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's been a while since you got to see an Eagle practice. You're going to get to go over there today. It's going to be eliminated. I understand that they're not going to be divulging anything, and you guys are allowed to stay the whole practice, but only tape or record so much of it. Um, what are you going to learn today, Ed Cratch? Is there anything specific you're looking for that you go, all right, at least if I take away this today, I've got some useful information. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I, mean, I, don't, I don't expect them to go for more than probably an hour. John, what do you think? I don't yeah, see I say hour. That's the over-under. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go under. I'm going to yeah. say 54 minutes I'm going with. There won't be anything as revealing as when we saw Devontae Smith's legs for the first time when he was a rookie <laughs> a couple of years back. Remember? Yeah, that uh, was the that two was, toothpicks that he was he was yeah. walking around on. Um, but, uh, you know, that was the biggest surprise to me when they drafted him. I was really concerned about his size. But, man, that guy has held up one of the top receivers in the league. And now he has his, what is it, second or third annual softball? Uh, yeah, softball Allentown, Coca-Cola Park, I believe, is what yeah. it's called up there. You saw um, the rosters for both teams. It's a good job by Devontae putting that together. Yeah, I wish it was in Philly. That's a long haul. I'm not going up to Allentown. Uh, but, you know, there's no access, really. So, unfortunately, it's not all that worth it for reporters. But it's a fun time. Yeah. Uh, good charity. Absolutely. Uh, if you're in the area, you should certainly make an effort to go out there and see Devontae and friends. But, yeah, you're right. You bring up. Boy, he's a, he's a really good player. I mean, what's striking? He is small, but he's 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 weird. He's so long, and he's got big hands, and he's way more powerful than than his frame would lead on to. It's he's really a unique player. But since you brought up receivers, I'll go to wide receiver three, and I kind of look at it this way, uh, Ed. I think everybody's obsessed with that label. I don't think the label's important as the role. And they might sort of go back and forth to toggle 
you know, Alameda Zacchaeus might be if they need a slot guy, if they need an outside guy, it'd be more Quez. Um, maybe even Dan Arnold, Grant Calcaterra, depending on who seizes that that sort of second receiving tight end role. We know Jack Stoll is going to be the second tight end. But I think it, my point is you can go about it a lot of different ways, but I think everybody's obsessed with who's wide receiver three. Maybe they piecemeal it, or am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I mean, to me, the receiver group is a, is a little thin. Um, you know, after Brown and Smith, you have Quez. You can't discount Quez. They like Quez. I know fans are disappointed in Quez for, you know, dropping that uh, big catch in the Super Bowl and, you know, some inconsistencies throughout the season, not fighting for the ball and a couple throws from Gardner Minshew when Minshew was in there. But, uh, you know, to get back to Jody's question a little bit, I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how like Alamide Zacchaeus looks, uh, you know, uh, running routes. And, you know, we'll see that, you know, probably against air, maybe some one on one drills. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing how he does, because I think he could have a real role in this offense. Uh, I know. Zach Pascal was brought in for that last year, never really developed. He made a couple, you know, clutch catches for first downs last year, but more of a blocking role for Zach Pascal. But I'm interested to see how all of my Zacchaeus does, uh, you know, today with OTAs and next week as well, seeing how he integrates himself into the offense and what Sirianni and Brian Johnson's plans are for him. But uh, it's interesting you mentioned Dan Arnold and maybe Grant Calcaterra as receivers. I mean, maybe you do uh, line those guys up a little bit on the, on the perimeter, on the outside or in the slot uh, and, and use them as your so-called wide receiver three in some, uh, you know, subset packages. So um, yeah, the receiver group to me is one of the weaker or thinnest, I should say thinnest groups on the top team. heavy. It's great yeah. at the top. Right. Very top heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and even to get back to Jody's question about what I'm looking for is I, I'm really excited to see N'Kobe Dean, um, how he moves in this defense, how he takes control of this defense, see what kind of a leader he is. You know, Jordan Davis last year when he got drafted and then N'Kobe Dean got drafted in the third round, Davis said he was the commander uh, of that Georgia defense that won their first of two national championships. So I'm I'm really interested to see how – you know, he kind of operates this defense, how comfortable he is, how he is as a leader, you know, if he's exerting himself vocally, uh, you know, pointing things out, you know, when the defense is on the field. So I, that to me, and linebacker like receiver to me is, is a pretty thin group after him and Nick Morrow, who we're not really sure, you know, what Nicholas Morrow looks like. We haven't seen him signed as a free agent, was, you know, a good player for the Bears last year. But after that, um, you know, it's, it's pretty thin and, uh, you know, that's an interesting group to keep an eye on as well. Is there any doubt in either you two guys heads that N'Kobe Dean's getting a dot on his helmet? No, no doubt. Uh, I'm a hundred percent on that. I might be 110%. I might make up a number <laughs> uh, well, for a guy, for a guy who played 32 snaps last year. So that tells you yeah. 34, he, Jody, don't understand. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> he had the 34 snaps. So, so, he had like 13 so tackles in the 34 snaps too. Yeah. Re- very instinctive player. Well, very who, smart. Who else would you give the green dot to? I mean, last year I thought oh, maybe nice. Marcus Epps had a shot as a safety. You know, he was never going to leave the field. He never yeah. did leave the field. He was a smart player, had been in the defense a couple of years. But, 
you know, we all know it was TJ Edwards that wore that dot. Um, but I don't know who else you would give it to if not. No, because you don't even have, you know, some teams do give it to a safety now, which is, you know, sort of the new age NFL. But as you mentioned, yeah, Marcus is gone. And now you have Reed Blankenship, who's a second year player who, you know, got a decent amount of playing time, but not a ton. Still a small sample size. You have Terrell Edmonds, who wasn't even here. And you have a rookie in Cindy Brown. So, I mean, to me, it's 110%. It's right. Nicobe. The only other option could be Nicholas Morrow. And, you know, Nicholas could do it. He's played middle linebacker before. He's played Mike linebacker. He, he has done it when Roquan Smith left Chicago. Um, but I don't think the Eagles want him out there at, at 100% of the time. I think they're looking for an upgrade. They might get an upgrade at some point. Um, you know, Nicobe's going to be there. You know, he's going to play. Um, you know, he's smart just from, you know, his, his you know, engineering uh, background at, at Georgia and this GPA. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be the leader of that defense. And that might be the biggest story of the year, to be honest, because – that's a lot on a young kid's plate that Jody points out barely played last year. Yeah. And then you look at the defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, his first time in that role for the Eagles. And, you know, what's that relationship going to be like between Desai and the Kobe? I mean, you know, when you talk about OTAs, you think, well, there's not a lot you can learn or, you know, just from a reporting standpoint, we're only there probably for an hour today and maybe an hour next week. Uh, watching, but I think once these guys start putting some things on tape, you know, the Eagles have tape, you know, cameras all over the field, videoing whatever's going on on that field. It's important for some of these players for sure. And the Eagles are going to be watching very closely these tapes that, you know, uh, these players are, are, are putting out there. Um, and the Kobe's certainly going to be one. Nicholas Morrow is another, and they'll probably make some decisions based on these couple of weeks of OTAs, exactly what they need to do, what Howie needs to do going into the summer. Um, you know, certainly that linebacker position needs to be, I don't know, addressed perhaps. I mean, they need more to me. I mean, uh, Christian Ellis was a nice story last year coming in and helping fortify that uh special teams unit, but is he a full-time linebacker or a good good reserve to have? Sean Bradley's coming off of an injury. Uh, maybe he's the guy that can be that third linebacker. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how often they keep Morrow on the field and in what packages they use him. I mean, Edwards and White rarely came off the field last year as the two linebackers. Yeah. Yeah. So, they lost over like, – the number was astronomical. It was like – because they were all healthy. They were both healthy for all 20 games. They – Lost like 2,300 defensive snaps at linebacker. It's yeah. crazy um, how much those guys were on the field. And now they're not here. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Ed Kratz, here's a you make the call. The Eagles lost two significant uh, players to free agency this offseason. Which was the bigger loss? Javon Hargrave or Isaac Sayamalo? Huh. I'm going to probably say Sayamalu um, just because, you know, Hargrave's a big loss. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Eagles did a nice job, you know, rebuilding that defensive tackle room, you know, back-to-back -back years they've gone 
with D tackle in the first round, Jordan Davis, and then Jalen Carter, who, you know, by all accounts has looked pretty good, uh, you know, here in May. Um, but I think they've done a good job, and I think they have a good rotation with Cox, Carter, Davis, Milton Williams, and then you bring in Contavious Street from the off the street in New Orleans. Um, you know, we'll see how he does. You have Marlon Tuipulatu coming back. Uh, so, yeah, Hargrave's a big loss, but I think they've done a good job, you know, filling up, filling in for that uh, that loss of Hargrave. But Siamalu, to me, and, and Jason Kelsey said it is, we'll, we'll never have – we'll never be able to replace Isaac Siamalu. Now, they're going to have to, obviously. And Cam Jurgens was a center at Nebraska for his entire career. He was a center. Uh, and, and, you know, we say, oh, just go over to guard. It's always not that – it's not that easy to just make that transition from center to guard. Landon Dickerson did a nice job with that, and maybe Jeff Stoutland can, you know, get the same result with Cam Jurgens. But to me, it's kind of a risk. He's a little on the shorter side for a guard. The Eagles like big guards. He's only about 6'3", maybe, but, you know, a little on the lighter side. Um, and, and then you bring in Tyler Steen. And don't forget about Jack Driscoll. I mean, Jack Driscoll is kind of the probably the backup tackle at this point, both ways, you know, both sides for Milano yeah. and Lane. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's a guard to me in the NFL. I think his better position is guard. So maybe the Eagles try to put Jack Driscoll in that spot. But that's a position that, to me, is more concerning than Javon Hargrave, where they've done a good job bringing in some replacements for Hargrave on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Ed. I I look at it this way: Chavon Harker's great player. Don't I'm, I'm like you. Don't get me wrong. They brought in a more talented player than Chavon Hargrave. That's how high I am on Jalen Carter. Now, you know, I don't think he's going to be as good as a rookie. It's going to take a while, but you know, probably next year by this time, as long as he stays, you know, matures a little bit and stays out of trouble off the field, you're going to forget about Javon Hargrave real quick. Um, I don't know if that's the case with Isaac Sayamalu, but I will say, you know, it's a luxury, whether it's Cam Jurgens, Tyler Steen, Jack Driscoll, it's a luxury to play between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. So those guys are going to help out. Ultimately, I think they're going to be fine at right guard. But, man, they got, they got a super, superstar talent at defensive tackle. They don't have that at, at right guard. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm, I'm not as concerned. If Jalen Carter fails, it's because of off the field stuff. He's too good. He's too talented. Yeah. He's one of the most talented players this team has brought in in a long time because they're usually pretty good. So they're not usually at the top of the draft. And then he fell a little bit to number nine because of the issues. That's the only reason he was at nine. Um, so you're talking about a top five level talent. What do you got? We were talking about that yesterday, Jody. When's the last time they had a top five level talent? Um, Carson Wentz. Donovan. Donovan. Oh, uh, Cart yeah, I think that was an overdraft. And I think I've been, I said it then and I have, Feel I've been proven correct over the years. So if it's not Carson, well, yeah, gotta go all the way back to Donovan if they got a top five level guy in the draft. Yeah, and and you it, that that's a legitimate argument. Carson and Jared got probably got pushed up a little bit because of the position. They were probably not top five talents. Donovan was, um, 
that might be the last time they had that kind of talent in the building. Lane Johnson was was Lane Johnson. Yeah, Lane was number four, and that guy's been tremendous day one. Right, because we we talk about hype, and offensive linemen just don't get hype. So that's why you forgot about Lane. You're right; he's the top five level talent. But defensive linemen, quarterbacks, oh yeah, you take one of those guys, one of those positions, the hype comes with it. And yeah. Jalen Carter is probably going to get that kind of hype from not only the Eagles and the Eagles media, the Eagles fans, but I think nationally as well. I And, you know, I know, John, you, you think he'll be better next year than this year. I agree. I think he's going to – but I think this year he's going to make a big impact. Oh, I think he's going to make an impact. I think he could be in the running for defensive rookie of the year, to be honest. I mean, if he's got all this talent and he's going to have all a lot of opportunity. He, to me, he's going to start next to Fletcher Cox, you know, when they're in that 4-3. Uh, alignment and to me I think he's just going to take over games I mean he he can stop the run which is something to me this defense needs to do better from last year they were middle of the pack in run defense I think 15th or 16th overall you know Carter can stop the run and I think he's going to develop you know some pass rush moves that'll make him even more effective you know when you watch tape of Jalen Carter he is so quick to diagnose things off the line and as soon as the ball is snapped uh, to, to me, I don't see how he can't make a difference this year because he's going to have the opportunity and he's good. He certainly has the talent. So, you know, I expect a, a, a defensive rookie of the year season from Jalen Carter. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the beauty of coming in here and Jody just mentioned uh, Bucky Brooks rated, what was the Eagles defensive line? Was it number, number one, one overall number one the, unit the best in all of unit football? In all of football. I don't know if I'd go that high, but it's a really good unit. And that's the deal. You can't show up and say, we're going to double team Jalen Carter, because if you're in that 40 front, it's most likely going to be Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, or Brandon Graham. Maybe they kick Brandon inside. Um, and Jalen Carter, uh, you know, if you double team Jalen Carter, Hassan Reddick's going to kill you. If, if, if you double team, Hassan Reddick, Jalen Carter, Josh Sweat's going to kill you on and on and on and on. It's yeah, it's I I agree. He's going to be impactful right away. And, and, I, and I do think I agree with Bucky Brooks. I think it is the best defensive front in football. I don't you know, I don't know who would be, you know, in the conversation. Well, he, he says it's the best unit in football, like any unit. Offense, like I think defense, the Eagles offensive line unit. is still better than the Eagles. Uh, Eagles offensive line is still the best unit on this team. I understand they took some hits uh, depth-wise, and with Isaac a starter is a significant hit. Andre Dillard, significant hit from a depth standpoint. Mm -hmm. But you still got four potential all-pro players. Not Pro Bowl, all-pro players. That's pretty stinking good with, with Johnson, Kelsey, Dickerson, Mylotta. I mean, that's that to me is still the best group. Yeah. Except for the Detroit Lions, who we had ranked higher as the I, number I one offensive line. In the, I, I, the Lions are really good offensive line, not as good as the Eagles. Probably not as proven as the Eagles. You know, the Eagles probably, you know, proven themselves yeah. a little more, man to, you know, on a man to man basis. I mean, Panay Sewell's a really good player. And maybe he does get better and takes that next step. Frank Ragnow, I've talked for years, really good. But he's but he's hurt a lot. 
you know, what? how many games has Jason Kelsey played in a row now, Ed? I, I forget the number. You know, <laughs> I always have to look that up. I think yeah. it's 141, somewhere in that. I think it's above. I think we're in the 160s, but I could be off. <laughs> I haven't looked at it in a while. I that, can say that it's been since the middle of 2014 that he hasn't missed a start. I mean, so, you know, go ahead and do the math if you want. I think it was yeah. – he missed maybe four games in the middle of the 2014 season and hasn't missed a start since, which. So know, we'll bring up our really buddy, amazing. Our, our buddy Chip Kelly and rest in peace, Bill McGovern. But, um, you know, best ability is availability. I Ragnar's a great player, but he's always hurt. Kelsey's always out there. I, that's, that's part of it. That's yeah. part of it. All right. This is a question that I'd love to get answered today. Have you guys, Johnny will be here tomorrow. Uh, be able to answer, but I hear the answer to the question, Joe. It's a good chance we're not going to have an answer until December, and it may even be longer than that. Oof. The Eagles have a stable of running backs, and much like with the defense we were talking <clears> earlier, <throat> we expect it to be the same. There'll be little changes because Jordan decides in and, Rich, and uh, Gannon's out, but basically it's going to be the same. And I look for the Eagles to keep the same usage of their running backs even though there's been a change in offensive quarter. Maybe Brian Johnson handles a little bit more differently, but it is still Nick Sirianni's offense. If that's the case, if they go, hey, we, we're a great offense last year. Here's how we broke it out. Uh, here's how we used our running backs. We want someone to replace Miles Sanders, and they're going to use that person like they did Miles Sanders, and everyone else is going to fill their role about uh, around it. Who's going to be Miles Sanders in this year's offense? Ed Kratz? Uh, I, you know, I think number zero is going to be uh, is zero a number. I guess it is, you know. Yeah. 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 It's um, a number. Yeah. But uh, I think it's going to be zero. De- uh, DeAndre Swift, I think he's going to be the lead back of this team um, just because he can do so much. He can catch, he can run. Um, you know, I, and I know Rashad Penny's here hasn't been able to stay healthy. And maybe that's kind of part of this plan as they kind of, you know, they don't give him that heavy load uh, that maybe he carried in Seattle, try to keep him healthy for 17 games. And I, I just think DeAndre Swift is so talented and so good at being versatile that it's going to be DeAndre Swift's uh, – it, it's going to be him. I think he's the guy that replaces Miles Sanders. But it's nice to have pieces like Rashad Penny and Kenny Gainwell, uh, Boston Scott to a degree when they play the Giants – um, but DeAndre Swift to me is a guy that you can throw the ball to. And I know they have good receiving weapons on this team, but it's also nice to be able to use your running backs out of the backfield, maybe run <clears throat> real routes, get them open in the flat and let them create. Um, and to me, he's probably going to be, you know, weapon number three or four for this team in the pass game. All right. My, my first bold prediction, everybody's going to be excited. First time the Eagles line up, uh, uh, in team drills, who is the running back one? Who's going to get the first rep? My bold prediction, Ed Kratz, it's not DeAndre Swift. It's not Rashad Penny. The Eagles will defer to Kenny Gainwell. He will get the first rep as the running back because he's been here, and it's going to mean nothing, but people are going to make a big, big deal out of it. That is my first <laughs> bold prediction uh, of June 1st, happy opening OTA for reporters at least. But um, in that same vein, 
I'm not as sure at safety. Um, when when they when they roll out the safeties, is it going to be Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds? Are they going to throw Sidney Brown into the deep end of the pool? Um, what is it going to be at safety when they line up for the first time? Yeah, you have to be careful with the Eagles show. They do like to pander a bit to, you know, the reporters that are watching. You know, they don't really. Team pander? Nah. Yeah, they show us things that, <laughs> that don't necessarily mean a whole lot. They're just kind of giving us different looks, you know, so we can go back and write about it and then they can look at it and, and read all laugh about it. And and laugh about laughs. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you got to be careful. It's kind of game <laughs> Right at running back, I I wouldn't read too much into it, but the safety is a good. It's a good question. I mean, I love. I mean, I don't know that much about Sidney Brown. I've I've since watched a little bit of film on him since they drafted him out of Illinois, and the, the guy is just so instinctive and so aggressive. And I I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do with this on this defense. I think he could be a starter. Uh, before this season's over, whether or not it's day one, uh, they, whether or not it's today, you know, when they uh, send the defense out there, is he going to be lined up with the starters? I don't, I don't think so. If he is, then, you know, that, that might be something that, you know, we can take away from this, but it's interesting because Eagles didn't get a lot from their draft picks last year, but I think, you know, with Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith and Sidney Brown, those, those three guys, I think, are going to play a lot of snaps this year. I really do in some configuration. Um, I think they're going to get a lot of reps out of those guys. And I like Sidney Brown. I like the way he plays. I think, you know, I've seen people talking, oh, he could be Brian Dawkins. You know, we've heard that with Kayvon Wallace because he came from Clemson. Oh, he could be Brian Dawkins. Never really happened for Kayvon. Fourth round pick. Sidney's a third. But, you know, I just like his demeanor. I like when we met him. I like the way he talked. Yeah. I like Oh, yeah, he's really impressive. He was uh, a Red Star player. A Red Star player. Red Star player. And, you know, people made a big deal out of Buda Baker when he sort of intimated he wanted out like everybody else of Arizona. Um, Little Birdie told me the Eagles see a lot of Buda Baker and Sidney Brown. So maybe uh, you – you turn the page on Buddha and that 17 million salary, but maybe you get a similar player. Now that's, you know, that's pie in the sky, but they think he can do a lot of different things like, like Buddha Baker. Um, and he did, he played at uh, Illinois, he played in the box, but he's really athletic and they, they project him as the post safety because that's what they do. Um, he's going to be, he, he might be the most interesting rookie. From the perspective of, I know Carter's awesome. I know that. Uh, right. I I'm not as, you know, Nolan Smith is is blocked a little bit. Let's be honest, because Hassan's going to be out there, uh, Josh Sweat's going to be out there, Brandon's going to be out there. So I think he's going to be fine. You talk about impressive people. Nolan Smith is an impressive guy, uh, but I think he's got more of a ramp up period, like last year, as you brought up. Jordan Davis, uh, Cam Jurgens, Nicobe Dean. I think he can. They can afford to to slow play it with him. They need Carter and Brown to play right away, and I I think Brown's going to play right away. I, I'm with you. I don't know if it's going to be day one, but he's going to play a lot. 
And unless he, you know, what's the bed? He's going to be very, in, in in many ways, the most intriguing player in this draft. The best, the best news about Brown is, okay, maybe it's not day one for him, but they've got him for four years, right, on his rookie contract. And and that's a position where they need some cheap labor. Um, you know, the, the price of, of safeties has really risen dramatically. Um, and to be able to have a player like Brown, and if developed – uh, properly, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't if he can stay healthy. I mean, this is a guy now that you have for four years under control on a on a third round rookie contract. I mean, that's the best news of all about Sidney Brown is I think he's going to outplay that rookie contract over the course of his time here in Philadelphia. Um, and as far as Smith goes, I I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I just think Brandon Graham's a twenty snap player. Uh, you know, Derek Barnett's coming back. I don't know what he's going to have. I know June first. You know, his contract, maybe they could move on from him. Uh, it's a little cheaper to do so. I don't think they will because, again, that's a, that that edge spot is somewhere where they need some depth. And I think with Graham playing 20 snaps, maybe Barnett plays, a hand, you know, 10 snaps. I think Nolan Smith is going to be playing more snaps than people think just based on him probably being the third or fourth defensive end or edge rush or whatever you want to call him on this team. And, you know, he's a guy that can play some linebacker, too. He can cover for you as well. So I think that versatility that, that he brings is going to give him more snaps than maybe people think. All right, so you hedged pretty well there. I'm going to tie you down here, Ed Kratz. Derek Barnett's role this year, here, there, everywhere, what's going to happen with Derek Barnett if he is a guy who you say they don't need because Smith's ready to step in and start or, no, they want to go uh, – cautiously with Smith, as John suggested, they can go slow because they've got options. How does Derek Barnett fit into all of this? Well, I guess it's going to depend a lot on the health of the knee. I know he tore his ACL in the opener last year, so it's been a good while since, you know, he's had the surgery and he's been through rehab. But, you know, he's a guy that relies on that that bend and that that explosion off the edge. And, you know, it always takes that – they always say that ACL, it takes a year before it's 100% again. Um, so I guess the health of the knee and how effective he can be is going to dictate that. But he's a guy that's playing for his his football career. This is the last year of his contract. He's, what, 27 years old. I mean, he's still in his prime. Uh, but he needs to have the kind of year that's going to entice teams to say, hey, maybe he can help us next year. So, I, But I think it's all going to depend on the health of his knee how quickly Nolan Smith develops, but I just think he's more of a, you know, 10 snap a game type player at this point, at least early on until things start to sort themselves out. But I think Smith is, is better. You know, he's a better player. He's the future. And I don't see the Eagles kind of blunting that with Derek Barnett kind of gumming up the works. Uh, At Kratz E, make sure you follow Ed on Twitter. He will be down there today. Uh, SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Uh, The biggest question of all, I think you're ready for this one, Ed. (laughs) The most important decision of all, Ty Zettner against Aaron Sipas. Aaron Sipas finally has some in-house competition. Is it competition or is this just, hey, We'll bring in somebody to shut people up, and Aaron's still going to be the guy. Do the Eagles even care about punters? Because every time they're plus 50, they're going to go for it anyway. Uh, But they should after they saw the Super Bowl. I mean, hey, one bad punt can hurt you pretty pretty badly. 
and and that's kind of what happened with Kadarius Tony. Um, Ty Zetner have a real chance. Yeah, I absolutely do. I think he has a real chance. I mean, they haven't brought in any competition for Sipos since he's been here. I think this will be his third year. Um, and it's nice to bring somebody in because when Sipos got hurt last year, they were scrambling. They brought in Brett Kern, who really had nothing left in that leg, uh, you know, 17-year career, whatever it was. So now you're getting a look at Zetner. Even if he doesn't win the job, at least you see him. You you get to know him. He becomes familiar with the building and whatnot. Um, but I think he's legitimate competition for Aaron Sipos. And, you know, might have to work our way over to the special teams area of the field here today to see exactly uh, how that – We'll bump into Jimmy Kemsky. He'll be there. Be oh, yeah. Yep. With, you know, with his notebook charting punts and this and that. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a legit competition. I think Zetner has a chance to to uh, to rest the job away from Aaron Sipos. All right. Maybe the most important question of all, what SPF are you uh, rocking today? Yeah, just in case. A little <laughs> oh, that's very important Mc, for me. McMullen's got to be up uh, higher than you. You got uh, at least some yeah. color to your crats. Uh, but <laughs> are, are you going skin protection out there in the sun? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I do have, you know, I'm a half Italian. My mother's Italian. So I do have that Italian, that Sicilian. You got blood. the bucket hat ready to go. Uh, it's first run. hot day. First hot day. It's been nice. Now it's going to be hot today. Yes, it is. But I do have a hat and I have, I always carry the SPF 70. 70. Uh, yeah. That's for... what I have. Neutrogena 70. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be, you know, putting slathering some of that on the uh, exposed parts, if you will. Yeah, when you're an old guy, man, you gotta you gotta do it. You don't want to get in there. Gotta, with gotta take cancer. care. Exactly right. You know, Jeff Stoutland told us that story. He had to have his ears clipped. Uh, always wears the bucket hat now. Yeah, always nobody wants that. Nobody wants the ears yeah. clipped. Yeah. Yikes! I don't. This is something we don't need details on. We'll be <laughs> wrapping this up now. Jeff Stoutland's ears clippings. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kratz, always a pleasure, brother. Thanks. You know, we'll be reaching back in a couple of weeks. We'll get you back on. Have a good time standing next to McMullen today. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you. Thanks, Ed. Ed Kratz, SI, here with us on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. Still got an hour and change to play. We got another good guest joining us next hour. That'd be our buddy Damo. Paul Domwich going to jump aboard here on Birds 365. <laughs> Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac. Mac and Mac, guys, here on Birch 365. Yes, say day in which the Eagle Beat guys, that would include both Kratz and McMullen and a whole bunch of others, get to go down and watch the Eagles actually work out today, get some football in. And not heavy hitting, everybody in shorts and the like, but at least they will have team participation out there on the field, and that's something to look forward to. I apologize, Johnny Mac. I meant to bring this up when Ed Cratch was here. Down in Washington, uh, their lead receiver said that Sam Howell has taken control of the Washington football team. That he is scary, Terry. Yeah. The lead dog, according to uh, McLaurin. Um, yeah, I still don't like Sam Howell. We'll see how he plays this year. But Ed Kratz. Well, you know what? Uh, I will say, you know, I'm with you. I'm not tremendously high on Sam Howell. But I will say he's got a chance to be better than Taylor Heineke. I mean, I, you know, I, I, and, and if he is – all of a sudden, that Washington team, hey, they beat the Eagles with Taylor Heineke. They were the only team that exactly beat the right. Eagles. right. I think you're dismissing Taylor Heineke, too. Well, I am. I, I mean, he's limited. He's very limited. As our buddy Grant Paulson uh, would say, he's got a horseshoe up to you-know-what at times. I always go back to that play. He just threw it up for grabs, and the official ran into the defensive back, and he got a touchdown out of it. Um yeah, I mean, Taylor's not a starting NFL quarterback. He's a good backup. And he, I think he's the backup in Atlanta now, maybe. Yeah, um, he, he moved to, got a pretty good payday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I think I think he's more a good than backup. Most backup quarterbacks. Yeah, I think he's a good backup. Um, but I, I don't want him as a starter. Um, uh, there's, some, uh, there's some reason to be excited, uh, a little bit more excited than normal with Washington and most of it has to do with Daniel Snyder, but um, Sam's got to be better than Taylor Heineke. All right. Here's, here's my bold prediction. You got uh, Kenny Gainwell as the Eagles RB one. Here's mine. Nine months from now, which brings us into like March, somewhere thereabouts. Um, the Washington football team, call them what you want, commanders, if they change the name, as per Josh Harris, who knows, um, will be in the major conversation of looking to trade up into the top two of the NFL draft 
because they need their franchise quarterback going forward. It's not going to be Sam. It's not going to oh, be I, I should have, I should have further stated. I don't believe that either Taylor Heineke or Sam Howell is the long-term answer. I just think Sam Howell's got a chance to be better than Taylor Heineke is how I would describe it. All right. Uh, what I, off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember skins last year. Seven and eleven or eight and nine. And I know Carson Wentz started games. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Giants, I know in that game... um, uh, the, where the Giants clinched the playoffs, they kind of got screwed in that game. So they were competitive until the end. But, yeah, I think they had seven, but I'd have to look it up. Uh, last year, the Washington Commanders – oh, because they had the tie, 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. They actually eight, eight, were a two five hundred yeah. team. We thought we did away with that when we went to 17 games. You can't go 500 anymore. The Commanders proved us wrong by going 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. I will predict they are not – as good this year under Sam Howell as they were last year under the Taylor Heineke Carson Wentz combination. They will not win uh, uh, 
uh, I guess, well, if they win eight games, that means they have nine losses, which would be worse than eight, eight and one. So to actually beat what they did last year, they're going to need to go nine and eight. I'm taking the under led by uh, their former North Carolina quarterback. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's a very good division. We're back in the NFC East after a number of years where it was a bad division. I think they have two of the top three teams in the NFC. And the Commanders, as I said, finished while well, they were 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one, The Giants were 9-7-1. and one. And they got screwed in that uh, in that in that uh, that game. So, you know, that's how close it was. I'm you know me, I'm not as high on the New York Giants as other people. I think they did a lot of that with mirrors. I, I will say this about Washington. From one through fifty-three, I think they're more talented than the New York Giants. That's that's where I am with them. Well, but what's the one through fifty-three? What is that not included? That's so you think they have more talented roster than the Giants? Yes, yes. So you're suggesting the Giants are better because of their coach? I'm I'm, I'm suggesting the Giants overachieved last year. And yeah, part of that is their coach. Part of that is, you know, we, we see this all the time is, you know, guys have, it's one of my concerns with the Eagles. So many guys had career years, but they're a really good team. I, I think they, you have if a, they, if they upgraded at quarterback and you think that Sam Howell's got a chance to be better than Taylor Heineke, do they have a chance to be better than eight, eight and one? Yeah. They got a chance to be better than the New York Giants is what I'm saying. I, I, they have a chance to be. Uh, so you think the Giants are coming back from nine seven one? Yes, I think the Giants are coming back, and and they were really close last year, as I said. I mean nine seven one eight eight and one, um, uh, whatever the records were, nine wins, eight wins. I mean they were really close last year. Um, yeah, I think they're they have more talent than the New York Giants. Now, the Eagles are clearly number one. The Cowboys are clearly number two. But if they're in that nine win, eight win, even eight wins, you're in it till the very end. You're talking about that final wild card spot. Um, they could have the Giants wild card spot this year. And then I think the Giants got further, a little people got further overhyped because they won the playoff game, but then they came here and got absolutely dismantled because they didn't belong in that position. Let's be honest. They got this, what was the sort? 38-7? They got dismantled in that game. Um, so I think Washington has a chance to be better than the New York Giants in the NFC East, which isn't even a bold prediction. I think you could argue they were better than well, them last it, year. Here's how it becomes bold by saying, I think the Reds, the, the commanders will finish ahead of the Giants. Then it's a bold prediction. If you say they might be better, you're, you're right. That's not bold because you're hedging. Uh, so do you want to go bold or no? Yeah, I think they're better. I think they were better last year. I think they're better. They're better than the New York Giants. I, I think the Giants are still, I think the Giants surprised themselves with the season they had last year. I think the Giants are taking a step back and I still like the coach and I like the GM and I think they're finally making good decisions. And I think ultimately they're headed in the right direction. 
but they still have some significant, significant talent issues. I think Washington has more talent than the New York Giants, and they have to deal with a lot of crap off the field, and hopefully that stuff is cleaned up, or at least a little bit. I mean, they're still... It's going to take years. It's not still the owner of the, the yeah, football team. It's going to take it's going to take years for them to get a new stadium and not have to deal with the crappy facilities and all that kind of stuff. But so they still have a lot of off the field stuff they have to deal with. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't even think that's a bold statement. They have more talent than the New York Giants. Yeah, uh, I would disagree. I think Giants had a good draft. I think, first of all, it was proven on the field last year. The Giants beat them. I, I'm one who, when it's over and done with, cut and dry, you can look at the standings and go, oh, that was a better team. You can argue one team is more talented than the other, but uh, results dictate who the better team is, and the Giants had the better results. So yeah, you're, the you're a hard there. line with that, Jody. But, yeah. I mean, during the season – You'll admit, like everybody else, there's upsets all the time, um, you know, because you beat a team by one one game. It might be injuries. It might be a bad call. It might be this. It might be that. That is that is not definitive slam. Like if you win 14 games like the Eagles and you're comparing them to a eight win team. You know the Eagles are significantly better. If you're comparing a nine-win team to an eight-win team, I mean, I got to look at every little dot point along the way, and that is that that is not. Oh, they won nine. They won eight. They're better. Not to me, anyway. Yeah, it is to me because that's that's the way the NFL works. The season ends. You look at the standings. That's it. If if there were reasons for it, uh, well, guess what? You get to prove that next year. But you close the book on one season, you move on to the next. Yeah, next but now we're just... projecting. So that comes into it. Now we're projecting. That's got to come into it. You can't just say, oh, they won one more game, so they're going to continue to be one game better. Right. No, no, no. You're right. It, it's, if we're talking about next year, <laughs> then it's all projection. Because, right, until they get out there on the field. But well, I'm saying then I ask you, you don't think Washington has more talent? Not forget about quarterback. All right. You don't like the quarterback everywhere else. You don't think Washington has more talent than the New York Giants? When you include the coaches, yes, I think the Giants are a better football team than than the, the commanders. When you include coaching, I think the talent on the roster is close. You know, I don't love Giants quarterback, but I think he's better than a reach of a late round draft pick to try and throw in there. Um, Yeah, I think the Giants team is a better team. They were last year. And on paper right now, looking forward, who do I think is going to have a better season this year? Yeah, I think the Giants are better than the Commanders. Because... Uh, and and I like Ron Rivera. He's a good dude, and I want to root for him. He hasn't had a ton of success there. He hasn't been the best at picking out top-flight coordinators, uh, specifically on the offensive side, to pick up the slack for him because he's a defensive guy. Yeah, I think the Giants are a better team than the, the, the commanders projecting forward for this season as of right now. 
Well, it's closed, so I'm not going to, but you know, when I, there's certain positions like wide receiver, for instance, I mean, it's not close. Uh, you know, we just brought up scary Terry. They also have John, John Dotson. who's really turning into a good player. Curtis Samuels, tremendous slot receiver when he's out there, when he's healthy, we, we all know how bad the giants have been at receiver. Um, you know, Isaiah Hodgins was their best receiver down the stretch last season. We've been talking about the Washington defense for years and years and years. I mean, they're just good up front with Allen and Payne and Sweat and Chase Young. And even though Chase Young's been a disappointment, I mean, when he's your fourth best defensive lineman, that's pretty stinking good. I, you know, one of the things with Washington has been so helpful to the Eagles is Daniel Snyder and all the nonsense that they're constantly dealing with because it has been a talented group at times, um, especially defensively. And, you know, those guys are still there and Allen's still Allen and pain is still pain and sweat is still sweat. Um, I, I didn't like the Forbes pick. Uh, I'm with you. I think the Giants had a better draft, but yeah, I think they I think they have more talent than the Giants. I do. I and do. until Dan Snyder is no longer the owner of the Commanders, he's still the owner of the Commanders. Until it actually goes through and happens, and there is a transition, it can be the same mess that it's been the last umpteen years that he's been the owner of that team. Yeah, they still and they still got to play in FedEx Field, and they. You know, they don't have home games. When they do have home games, they have crappy facility. I mean, when the Eagles go down there, it's 60% of Eagles fans. Uh, but I do think, as it becomes clear, Daniel Snyder's already checked out. So, I mean, he's not going to be running the team this year. When it goes through, he's, he's, in, he's in his yacht in the south of France all the time now. He's never even around. Um, so that will help. Um and when the sale does go through, uh, they'll start going in a, in a in a more positive direction. I'm not in love with Josh Harris, you know, from his time here in Philadelphia with the Sixers, but he's better. He's a hell of a lot better than than Daniel Snyder. I I think there's going to be a more positive vibe, but it all you're right. It all depends on Sam Howell. If Sam Howell um, craps the bed, they're in deep trouble. Um, you know, but they and, and oh, by the way, you talk about backup quarterbacks. Jacoby Brissett is that guy. He's a backup quarterback. He started for several teams. Started last year because Deshaun Watson wasn't going to play in Cleveland for X amount of games. He, if he's got to start, that's an issue. I like him coming off the bench. Guy gets hurt in the middle of the game. Take over for a half. Maybe another week thereafter. If you got to do more than that, you start to see Jacoby Brissett go this way. Um, that's why I don't really like the commanders coming into the season. If Sam Howell isn't good enough, which I don't think he is, you're going to turn to Jacoby Brissett, who, in my opinion, is not good enough. So with the, the, you, you don't even have that potential upside that you did last year when Taylor Heineke came off the bench. I think. Taylor Boy, Heineke you you think more of Taylor of Heineke? I'm, I I think Jacoby Brissett's better than Taylor Heineke. Really? Yeah, you're you're a bigger Taylor Heineke fan than I am. Okay. Uh, either Sam Howell or uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett have a quarterback ranking over ninety this year. 
well, yeah, you know me, I'm not a passer rating fan. I think it's very, very limited. Like you, you talk about, um, I bring up that play because it was the craziest play maybe of the year when when he he threw a punt down the field and um, the the official the back judge ran into the defensive back it was sit there like a punt returner ready to haul in the interception it was uh, Cam Bynum uh, for for Minnesota. And we talked about it with Grant, and that's when he brought up the the horseshoe and the keister. Uh, you know, hey, you guess what? That helps the passer rating. If the official doesn't run run into the nobody cares, nobody's sitting there like pro football focus and saying, hey, you know what? We're this is a negatively graded play. No, it was a 60-yard touchdown for Taylor Heineke. That's a horseshoe in the keister. All right. Um, yeah, and so I, yeah, I, that's I, the I, that's the commander equivalent play of the uh, long pressure in the championship game uh, versus the Vikings. It is what it is. I'm just trying one to play. point out. The it is what it is. What it is is one play. I'm I'm yeah. talking about the limitations. All passer rating is is you got a lot of touchdowns and you don't have a lot of interceptions. It is the worst freaking stat in the history of mankind, it's worthless. Please um, give me please give me the better stat to judge the efficiency of the quarterback in the NFL. There's tons of them. They're, the football outsiders are, well, football outsiders has gone the way of, 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 of you know yeah, what. Please give me football outsiders uh, no longer exist in stat. Uh, pro football focus quarterback rankings. Their, their, their rankings are 100 million times better. Um, you know, there's all kinds sports info solutions are our buddy Matt Manicharian. There's a tons of advanced stats that are better than passer rating. Basically, any stat any smart guy has come up with over the past 15 years, one of these Harvard guys, one of these Andrew Berry guys, is better than passer rating. Passer rating is hooey. I'll say it. Hooey. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, you have a lot of, that's all it is, Jody. You you don't throw, and in and, and fact, you don't even have to throw touchdown. Just don't throw interceptions, and you got a great passer rate. That's it. That's it. Uh, fair enough. Uh, you, you, you dismiss it. I still think it's a uh, legitimate way to rank players. It's imperfect. They're all imperfect. There is no perfect stat, but I still think that one is effective enough to use to judge how uh, quarterbacks play. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Coming back, we've got Paul Domwich of Pro Football Focus. Uh, excuse me, Pro Football Focus. I got Pro Football Focus on the mind. From the 40, 33rd team joining us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. 
but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Eagles, McMullen and McDonald doing it with Paul Domwich, and since it's the month of June, he's gotten to full summer outwear. Like it, Domo, looking good. Where are you going today? Mm-hmm. To the beach or uh, just to the store? Sh- the store to show off? Where are you wearing that fancy shirt? Just my regular ensemble, Jody. Yeah, it's going to be eighty-six today. Domo's ready, baby. Yeah, gotta have it. Plus, he's been around Andy Reid too much, so you got to you got to. You look like you could work for Andy Reid, correct? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Damo. First day that the media gets in to see the Eagles, if you were heading over and you knew you had to come up with some kind of angle or story thereafter, knowing full well what it is or isn't day one of open practices for the media for the Eagles, what do you think you could find out? Well, I uh, probably wouldn't find out a whole lot new uh, with, uh, with this uh, organization. But, I mean, the most intriguing aspect of this for me going into this offseason and this uh, training camp is, is the defense. I mean, they've got two new coordinators on offense and defense, but nothing's going to change uh, on offense with Brian Johnson. I mean, they're going to run essentially. They'll have some new tweaks and, and some things to surprise people. But his defense, everybody wants to see what's going to happen with Brian with Sean to say. Uh, I, again, I don't think there'll be major changes. They're not going to become a suddenly become a you know a, a Buddy Ryan blitzing team. Uh, but you know he's going to do some things that we haven't seen from Gannon. Uh, you know he's a respected coach. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that defense 
performs. I mean, they managed to kind of stop the bleeding on free agents who left, uh, added some people who, who could help them. So, uh, I mean, I, I went into the offseason thinking they were going to have to outscore everybody this year. I, I don't think that's going to be the case necessarily anymore. I think that defense is good enough uh, to keep teams close to what they allowed last year. Um. There's a lot of projection, though, there, Damo. I mean, we're talking about five new starters. uh, Like, I'm very high on Jalen Carter. I made that pretty clear. But, I mean, Javon Hargrave is a good, accomplished player. Um, And, you know, our old buddy Jim Sports and startup costs. N'Kobe Dean had 34 snaps. I think long-term, it's going to be fine. I don't know about short-term. They got to replace over 2,000 snaps between TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. Um, and then safeties, both safeties. Marcus Epps, he was the Iron Man. He was out there for every play, basically. Um, and CJ Gardner Johnson, we know, was a playmaker. Um, and we know how fans like splash plays. I don't see a splashy guy's going to lead the league in interceptions while missing five games. Um, And then I bring up the last point, the expectations. And Jody and I talk about this all the time, and we probably talked about it with you. 70 sacks, probably not going to happen again. Number two overall. Mm, Number one, passing defense. And remember, that wasn't good enough. I think the expectations might even be a bigger concern than the changing talent when it comes to the starters on this defense. Any of that bother you? Well, I mean, there's some concerns, obviously, with the new people. Um, But, you know, I mean, the people they – you know, I mean, I like N'Kobe Dean. I think he's going to have a a big impact this year. Um, You know, ultimately, I think it, it benefited him that he didn't play much as a rookie because I think he's a guy um, who's probably going to have a, I mean, you could probably put him, uh, come up with a snap number that's going to uh, be a total for his career. And he saved a lot of them his rookie year uh, by only getting, what, 15 snaps on defense. So 34, uh, 34. Yeah. Must be so that extends into his second year. He's, a, he's, he's fresh like a rookie. I mean, his body's not banged up. And you're right about Carter. I mean, I'm that's, what I'm most intrigued about is to see how Desai uses his front four. He's not going to blitz, but what he's going to do differently that from Gannon is move these people around in some unorthodox uh, looks. You know, he's going to overload sides, something that uh, we, we seldom saw from Gannon. Uh, we may see Carter or Jordan Davis out in a wide nine. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll let you think you can run on, on, his, on what he, he shows you. Uh, he'll 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 give you a light box and dare you to run on passing downs. Um, so you know I'm going to be interested to see a lot of that. I, you know I like Terrell Edmonds, the uh, the the safety they got from. Uh, I mean he's he's durable. I don't think he's if he's missed one game his entire career. It's no, a he's lot. very durable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know Nicholas Morrow's coming off uh, a career year. Uh, can he match it? Did the light? You know was it? Be, did he play so well last year because the, the light finally went on or did he play so well because everybody else in Chicago stunk? Uh, we'll find out. But 
you know, I, 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 I don't worry about this defense as much as I did two months ago. Damo, uh, this is day three of this week first. We were off on Monday. So we did two hours Eagles talk Tuesday, two hours yesterday. Our first hour here today, punching you up in our second. Jalen Hurts' name has not been mentioned <laughs> once yet this week. There was a time during this offseason where the only thing we talked about was Jalen Hurts and the contract. And Jalen Hurts, and can they get it done? And what is Jalen? Oh, my God, he should have won the MVP over Patrick Mahomes. He's become an afterthought because of what he did last year and because they got the contract done. I guess everyone is just working from the assumption is downside is he's as good as he was last year. Upside is he's going to win the MVP. He's going to be better than Mahomes. We're not even going to have to debate it. I, I, this is just the way that he's been handled on our show the last couple of days. And the same thing on my WIP show. I haven't brought him up. I haven't anybody else on WIP bring him up. Are we forgetting that Jalen Hurts is still the key guy to this whole team? Is he not? Absolutely. Uh, and I don't think anybody's forgetting it. It's just that, you know, Jalen keeps a low profile. I mean, he's not going to any darkness retreats. He's not. Uh, Good point. You don't have to <laughs> You don't have to worry about him saying anything strange about his, his, his offensive coordinator because he and his offensive coordinator are best friends. Uh, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly confident last year wasn't a, a, a fluke. Uh, I think he's going to be better this year. I think he's going to be better. You know, I look at what he did last year. Uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of a different Jalen this year. I don't think he'll run as much. Uh, or at least that that's the hope I think by them that be, because it's, you know, they don't want him to turn into a Lamar Jackson who's missing the last five games um, of the season when they need him. Uh, at the same time, his running is, 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 you know, obviously important to that offense, but you know, he needs to improve on in the red zone. I, th I think they want to throw the ball more in the red zone this year. Uh, you know, last year, his, you know, his numbers were just okay in the red zone. They, they ran, I want to say, like 116 times in the red zone, 59 passes. So uh, I think that's going to change a little bit, and his numbers are going to improve down there. So um, I think that's why nobody's talking about Jalen, because everybody's confident that we're going to see the same kind of level of uh, excellence from him. And by the way, this is the time of the year you jogged my memory, Jody, bringing up we haven't, you know, Jalen Hurts is now sort of a constant with this team. This yeah. was the exact yeah, but... time of the year where he had evidently the worst OTA practice in recorded history, and the <laughs> report came out. And, and you know, so don't get – my point is don't get overly excited, good or bad, uh, from a fan perspective. Uh, people are allowed to have bad practices off days. A lot of times uh, you're working on things. You're not trying to accomplish what people think they're trying to accomplish. I remember when Doug was here, you probably remember, Damo, they would they would put out the, re, the, the reminders of the 2020-20 practices to try to educate all the reporters that, hey, the the defense is 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 servicing the offense here and vice versa. Uh, you know, make sure you put that context in it. The Eagles are very cognizant of that stuff. 
uh, they can't stand, for instance, when Elliot does uh, training camp quarterback stats. Um, you think they're too worried about that stuff? Uh, uh, just from an overall standpoint, like who cares? Well, I mean, this organization has always had uh, sensitive ears. Uh, they, they listen to everything. They hear everything. They're worried about everything that's said. Uh, and that, that emanates from Howie. I mean, because that's, that's how he's, yeah. 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 you know, I mean, Howie has been sensitive to what people have said since he got into the league. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. Um, I don't think it affects them. I mean, and, you know, these, these six, what do they got? Six OTAs. I mean, six. I don't know. Six. Are, they, are, they, are they even going to have 11 on 11s? I don't think they are. Are they? Um, they're allowed to, we'll see. Um, I know. But yeah. They, I mean, they, you know, their approach here, their approach is they, they did see. have some last year, but I mean, it doesn't, the only thing I'd look at is seven on sevens because basically, as you know, Damo, when you got the jersey on and that, what, what defensive linemen all, but they're just standing there. All right. What, 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 what is the point of this? Occasionally you run a, a, a running play to, I don't know, get, get Kenny Gainwell's hamstrings loosened up. Um, you're not going to learn anything from that. But with seven on seven, you can kind of at least get a feel for the athleticism of the the linebackers, the back seven, the, the corners, the safeties, and obviously the receivers. Um, other than that, I mean, I think the Eagles, and I said this yesterday on the show, you can have 10 OTA practices in three days of mandatory minicamp. So 13 overall practices. They use six. That yeah. tells you all you need to know. They don't care. Uh, and I don't necessarily disagree with them. I, I don't know mm -hmm. how much value there is in this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I mean, I went into last, into the last off season thinking this was a curious way to do things. I, I had, I was skeptical about their approach to reducing everything as far as OTAs, not having mandatory minicamp. Them and, and Cincinnati were the only teams last year that did not have mandatory minicamps. Where did both of those teams end up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in the final four. Uh, so, I mean, that convinced me. And, and, the, and the Eagles had a quarterback who, who had one year of experience and you're thinking, you know, so you're thinking he needs as many reps as he can yeah, get. Yeah. 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 And, and what does he, what does he do? He has a you know biggest turnaround in, in recent history and, and is a runner up for the MVP. So, uh, you know, I'm convinced that you just, you know, get everybody healthy, uh, you know, do as much classroom work uh, as possible during the off season and, and you'll be fine. All right, Damo, I'm uh, going to ask you to go to your eagle crystal ball a little bit here. I asked a similar question to Ed Kratz. I'll ask it to you differently. Last year, the way the Eagles, with Jonathan, uh, with uh, Shane Steichen in place as their offensive coordinator, but still it being Nick Sirianni's offense, Brian Johnson taking over, we expect the offense to be similar, much like we expect the defense to be similar. How will it tweak work between a decide defense and again in defense how much is it going to change moving from Shane Steichen to Brian Johnson if it's similar if it's a lot alike last year's offense who from this year's group is going to be Miles Sanders at the running back position or is there even going to be a Miles Sanders are we going to see a 
more equal spread between the running backs? Because Miles got 70% of the carries and everybody else split up to 30%. How do you think the running back position will play out over the year with the new offensive coordinator? Will there be any change at all? Well, I, th- I thought the trade for DeAndre Swift was I- – I don't know what Detroit was thinking. I-, I don't know why you would get rid of this guy. Um, you know, you look at his numbers, and it's not necessarily only because he can run the ball. In fact, it's more because he can catch the ball. Late last year, you saw a change in the Eagles offense where Jalen seemed to be more comfortable getting the ball to gain well in the playoffs uh, in the passing game. Uh, that was something he didn't seem to want to do in the past. Now, you know, a lot of check, more checkdowns late in the season. Now he's got Gainwell and he's got Swift, and I think you're going to see both of them be big parts of the passing game this year, uh, as well as the running game, uh, but more the passing game. I mean, you know, Swift's a guy that's averaging, like, I want to say for his career, 7.7, 8 yards a, a catch. I mean, that's for an. For a you know for a running back that's pretty damn impressive and Gainwell's not far behind, I mean Gainwell you can line up anywhere in that formation, so I think that's what's going to be different about this offense this year. I think the running backs are going to be more of a factor in the passing game, run game they're going to split everything like they did last year. There's not going to be a workhorse. Uh, we're going to see Swift, we're going to see Gainwell, we're going to see Scott, and we're going to see Penny if he can stay healthy. I mean he's the He's a guy that could be a major factor in the run game if he can stay healthy, but that's a big if. Yeah, yeah that's a big if. You know, I'm not I'm not buying that, Domo, just because I don't think that's the way Jalen plays. I He does not dump the ball off to running backs. Like, that's, you know, the traditional, when we think of traditional pocket quarterbacks, yeah, one progression, two progression, sometimes you get the three, but more often than not in the modern game, you go to your outlet receiver Jalen doesn't do that and it's it's been good for the Eagles I mean you know instead of talking instead of dumping it off to DeAndre Swift and getting that eight yards he's getting 13 yards gashing the defense making a big play I think maybe as he starts to age a little bit uh, and maybe three or four years down the road I think maybe that comes into play more, but boy, I think he's going to be Jalen Hurts this year, and I I don't think he's dumping the ball off the running back. I got if if, if Damo if if Kenny Gainwell was out in with the Chargers, you know, I think he'd already have 60, 70 catches a season. I think he's a great receiving back, but we just don't know it because we don't see it because the Eagles don't dump the ball off to their backs. I don't think that changes that much this year. You think the Eagles are going to hammer him and say, hey, you know, health this, health that, try to stay, um, try to take less hits? Just That, to me, is a fine line. Well, I don't think it's – I mean, I'm not suggesting that uh, Swift and, and Gainwell are going to be the, his first look. But, I mean, teams around the league on their schedule, particularly the teams in the NFC East – are watching a lot of tape of them this year, this offseason, obviously. They're trying to figure out ways to shut down A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. So, I mean, you loosen things up offensively by suddenly, you know, making your running backs uh, some, you know, a threat that you're not going to be reluctant to throw to. Then suddenly they've got to they've got to kind of can everything they thought they could do during the offseason 
And, you know, so, you know, I mean, that's why I think they're going to use their running backs more. And I think, you know, he's gotten smarter and he's not going to, you know, he, he wants to play as long as he can. He knows, he knows they need him healthy. Um, I mean, if you can dump, if you can dump the ball off to, to, to one of those guys, rather than, than take a hit, why wouldn't you do it? I give you one reason. Uh, Nick Sirianni said it during this offseason. If they're going to pay him all that money, they're not going to ask him to do less. If anything, they're going to try and hold the line at what they did last year. And he's pretty damn effective running the football for first downs, for yards, and for touchdowns. So over time, it has to happen because you just get older and slightly slower. Like, But I don't know that it's going to be year one. I think they're going to try and do things very similar to what they did last year. We're going to have to see it play itself out. All right, Damo, I asked this to Johnny Mac. He gave me the, a number the other day. I need the number from you. Percentage chance DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Philadelphia Eagles. What percentage number are you putting on it? Zero. Zero. John went two, I went three. So, hey, I'm high man on the totem pole. I'm the yeah. optimist out of the three of us. Yeah. My 2% <laughs> is tied to um, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith getting hurt at OTAs. That's where I put yeah, 2% in there. But they don't do anything. So, it's pretty low. Um, yeah, why do you think? I'm, I'm obviously beyond the big name trap and, you know, Joe Banner uses that term all the time over at the 33rd team. I think it's a good uh, description. Fans like big names. There's only one football. Why can't people get that around their head? You just talked about A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Now you have backs that can catch the football. Why is a five-time All-Pro who's used to catching a 100 times when he's healthy? He's going to be happy with Quez Watkins-level traffic? Can't people see the warning signs? They're flashing like this, Dama. Uh, yeah. Why? Why would you want to invite that? Yeah, because that's the way people think. I mean, that's the way fans mm -hmm. think. You know, just Fantasy I mean, just load up, load up with every possible big name you can get, and nobody will beat you. Uh, they don't understand. You know, I mean, you got to keep this guy happy if you sign them. I mean, where are you going to find the targets for him? Like you just had mentioned, all the people he already, the Jalen. I mean, we were worried last year he'd find enough yeah. targets for him to run. Still worried, uh, by the way. Still worried because yeah. you got to keep, you got to keep AJ, Devontae, and Dallas happy. You know? Yeah. And part of it was Dallas got hurt for five games. Um, even yeah. then, we were rightfully worried. Yeah. And here's another question I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, if you look, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is starting to go down that descending arc in his career. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to ever be as good as he's been. Uh, so you're not getting a guy who's going to be better, you know, this year and next year. Uh, what is he, 30 years old? 30, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a good – he's a great player. Uh, but, there, you know, and then, you're you know, you got a quarterback – who, you know, for two years that, you know, they managed, I mean, Howie and, 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 and Jalen's agent did a marvelous job in negotiating his huge contract where for two years there's minimal cap uh, problems, but, but then it, you know, then, then, then there is. And so, you know, how do you bring this guy aboard unless you're, you know, 
trying to figure out a way to just keep him for one year. And that makes no sense. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't see it. I don't, and I, I don't think how he's uh, intrigued by it. But he's a big name. So people want to talk about yeah. it. So that's why I wanted to give you a chance to put a, a zero on the board rather than a McMullen two or a McDonald three. Yeah. We're <laughs> being realistic like this, or at least we're trying. All right. Here's uh kind of a, a tough question to answer. It's all projection. The Eagles had a practice yesterday. Then they had an off day. Hey, which allowed Jason Kelsey to go to a soccer game and chug a beer uh, that went viral. <laughs> so, I love Jason in the way that uh, he's out there for everybody. But we're all looking at this as possibly Kelsey's last year. Some people have been doing it rightfully so for five years because he's at least left the door open to I could walk away. And he keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. And the Eagles and all their fans should be thankful for that. But now we're another year down the road. And he had another phenomenal year. And they're going to have the season that they're going to have. Is it a fair question to ask during the season for a guy like Johnny Mack or you if you're going in to uh, specifically cover the team? Is it an unwritten rule that you stay away from it? Um, will he bring it up, do you think? How do you think Jason Kelsey's season plays through the media and a look toward the future this year? I mean, at some point here early on, he's he's going to be asked if this is his last year. He'll say, like every other year, he, he's going to play it by, you know, by year. Uh, he'll wait till the end of the season and see how he feels. I mean, that's the answer he gives every year. Uh, you know, he, I, I'm shocked. I mean, he, he, but yet this is a guy that's coming off what might have been his the best season of his career at the age of 35, right? 35. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't put any, I mean, you know, it's a, I know how hard it is for these guys to walk away and, and especially walk away when you're playing at the top of your game, uh, which, so, I mean, there's, there's no way of telling what's going to happen. So he'll be asked once Jody. Uh, and, and that'll pretty much be it unless he you know, starts getting hurt or playing poorly. Then there'll be speculation. But if he plays like he does last year, it won't come up again. It'll come up once and then we'll wait till the end of the season and ask him again. Yeah, and it's been that way. Um, you know, Lane kind of let the cat out of the bag last season, Damo, that this was – Jason had told um, some players – he's close to on the team that that was probably going to be it for him. And he changed mm -hmm. his mind anyway. So it doesn't matter. I mean, he can change his mind. Um, and he's been pretty consistent. He said, he's gotten some good advice and Jeff Stoutland has told him, um, there's going to be day you wake up and you don't want to play anymore. And he told right. Stout that, um, I don't think that's ever going to happen because he loves playing the game so much. And Stout said, no, it's going to happen. And uh, it happens to everybody because he, he wants to play at a high level, number one, and he can't keep playing like an all pro at 35, although he did 36, 37, 30. at some point it's going to come. Um, I do think this is it from the perspective of he's having so much fun doing that podcast with Travis uh, and doing everything else he's doing, you know, and the Eagles give him all this deference. Like, he doesn't practice. He, he's talking about there. He loves, he's the only guy who loves Thursday night football because he doesn't have to practice. Um, they give him all these uh, maintenance days. 
And he said in the past that if Doug was still here, he'd probably be retired because even though it's not the old days, Doug's practice schedule was a lot more um, difficult than this one. So you have all these perfect pieces that have kept Jason Kelsey going and going and going. Um, But it is interesting. And, and Cam Jurgens, and I bring up all of that to bring up this to you. I think we're all pretty much assuming Cam Jurgens is going to be the right guard, unless he, he has a really poor training camp, and I don't expect that. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is, should they think that way? Because ultimately, he's going to be the center. And I know we've said that in the past. We've said it with Isaac. We said it with Landon Dickerson. And maybe he turns into be a Pro Bowl right guard, and they change their mind again. But he's he's undersized for the position. He's got that natural athleticism they now like because they they they've seen it with Kelsey for so long. They drafted Tyler Steen, who's got the Brandon Brooks body type. They want that big player at guard to sort of. Part of the reasons they like big players at guard is to protect Kelsey. And, you know, now you have Jurgens protecting Kelsey, which is not the same. And you want to have Tyler Steen protecting Jurgens. So if I'm making any sense to you, and I'm probably not, why mess with it? Just who cares? Let Cam Jurgens sit behind Jason Kelsey and try to get Tyler Steen or, or Jack Driscoll up to speed at, at right guard. Well, I mean, you had mentioned Stout, Jeff Stoutland. I mean, he's ultimately going to be the one that that, that tells them what's the best way to handle this. Uh, my guess is Stout feels the guy could start 17 games this year at right guard and still be able to be prepped occasionally enough uh, at center so that if Jason leaves after this year, Cam can step in and it wouldn't be a, a you know a complete learning experience. There's also the fact that Steen, I mean, you know, one of the things that appeals to me about Steen is not only that he could play guard, obviously, like right away, but right now you'd also, I mean, this is a guy that played tackle at Alabama. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a hell of a, a hell of a swing weapon to have uh, as a backup uh, in case Lane misses a couple of games, in case Jordan Mailata uh, strains a calf for a couple of games. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's a bad solution to this. I'm, I'm fine with them. I think Cam Jurgens will be just fine if he plays right guard because Stout will know. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I'm a believer. I mean, Jeff yeah. Stoutland convinced me a long time ago. Yeah, that he's the best. Yeah. Next to Howard Mudd, the best offensive line coach that maybe ever lived. So whatever he decides, I, I think will probably, the you know, he'll know whether Jurgens is ready. Uh, whether he can hold up at, at, at right guard, whether you know whether having two undersized guys playing next to each other is the right way to go or not. All right, let me follow up John's question, and then we'll let you run, Donald. Thank you, as always, for jumping in with us. You have faith in Stout. I have faith that everybody believes Stout's as good as he is. One of my, after the fact, 2020 hindsight, knocks against last year's Eagles team, which isn't easy since they were this close to winning a championship, was... I'm pointing the finger at a guy who's out of town. Love kicking on dirt on somebody's grave when they've already left. Is Nick Rollis that he couldn't get N'Kobe Dean more reps at linebacker last year? 
I know Kaiser White was good. I know uh, Edwards was good. I know they never got hurt. But I think part of uh, just running an organization is looking 90% of today, but 10% of tomorrow and down the road. I think the Eagles last year at linebacker looked 100% for today and zero for tomorrow. And that's a little risky when you got two guys who are going to be free agents, T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White. And now we have these questions about the Eagles at linebacker. I think they could have handled it better. That sort of thinking. Jeff Stoutland, how much is he looking purely at today, the upcoming 2023 season, and how much should he be looking at it? If you want to tell me it's 100-0, Jody, you got to be in the moment. This is the chips all into the middle of the table year. I'll accept that. I might disagree with it, but I'll accept it. How do they make that decision? Do they worry about what happens in 2024 at all with a decision they make here in 2023? Well, if I'm the offensive line coach, I'm just looking at today. I mean, I, I'm, it's Howie Roseman's job to look at the big picture. Now they talk. Yeah, but I mean, it's Howie how, Roseman going to walk into Jess Statlin's office and go, hey, you're not looking at 2024. And I, I hope not. And that's all. No, no but, but you know, there's conversations at, about what he, he's picking Stoutland's brain about you know, how much having Jurgens at right guard this year impacts his readiness to be the starting center next year if Jason leaves. You know, I, I didn't, ha- I mean, I don't know exactly what happened when the Kobe Dean, other than, you know, the two guys they had starting at linebacker last year played really well. Uh, so there was no need to force Nicobe Dean in there. He, you know, he was, I think he probably had more special team snaps than anybody on the team. So, you know, we can't discount that. That's an important part of the, uh, of a football team. Although, you know, we often didn't think they played very well last year, but I mean, I don't think playing as few snaps as Dean played last year is going to impact him this year. Um, in fact, like I said earlier, I think it might be an advantage because he's going to be fresh. He's not going to be banged up, uh, and he'll be, you know, mentally. I don't. I mean, Nicobe Dean's is one of the smartest guys on their team right now, so I don't think it's going to be a problem for him stepping in and, and playing. And I think the same is the case uh, with how you approach, off, you know, that offensive line. You just you got to look at today. You worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, because you don't know who's going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I agree with Tombo. That's Howie's job. Coaches, go win. Go win on Sunday. Go win today. Get 1% better. That's what the coaches are. I'm I'm guessing Howie's not going to be going in and even hinting (laughs) to stout what to do with the offensive line. Oh, he'll have a sit down with Nick. I think he'll go eyeball to eyeball with Nick. Yeah, I don't think he'll be doing that with Stout. So it does uh, bother me a little bit. Uh, Damo, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate it whenever you come on. Uh, we hadn't gotten you on in over a month. Glad you came on with us. We will be reaching back ASAP to get you on again to see what fine Tommy Bahama shirt you have on. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Thanks, Tommy. That's Paul Domwich here on Bird's By the way, breaking news before I know we got to go. Uh, Brett Kern. Uh, announced his retirement. Oh, no. Late, uh, no. Say it great, isn't so, Johnny Mack. Great uh, Eagles punter, Brett Kern. I'm joking. Obviously, he was a great punter. Uh, Tennessee. Not, uh, not, not in Tennessee. green, he wasn't. No, not in green. With Tennessee, he was a Pro Bowl punter. He announced his retirement uh, through the Titans. Brett Kern. He spent retired. most of his time there, so yeah. good on him. All right, uh, Johnny Mack, Jody Mack, coming back. 
Got to put a bow on the show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, that fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. here on Bird Street 65. Johnny Mack is off to the Novacare Complex to check out some Eagle action today. Uh, one quick note before we get out of Dodge. Um, I disagree with Damo. I'm rooting for Damo to be right and me to be wrong because he said he spun a story, a narrative of, hey, Nicobe Dean not playing, not as much wear on the tires, no injury issues. Yeah, but 30... Four snaps. I said, did I say 34 earlier? And it was 34. Yeah. 34. 32 was 34, 34 snaps. Uh, What's your favorite Jim Johnson phrase? Johnny startup, uh, startup cost. Jim. I'm sorry. If he got 70 snaps last year instead of 34, 
That would be less startup costs you're going to have to pay this year. That's the way I look at it. So I hope Dom was right. And the non-use of the COVID. Well, where, where I think Dom was right, I agree with you it's in, a, in a best case in a scenario. But I do agree with Dama uh, when you ask the question of, you know, serving the two masters. Coaches are about go win the game. Go win the game. And TJ was playing well. Kaiser was playing well. They weren't hurt. They weren't going to fix what wasn't broken. Um, and that's Howie's job. That's Howie's job to think about the future. Understood. But when you're putting a substitute in from the game, Howie's not going to call down from the booth and say in mid-game, hey, get this guy onto the field. So the coaches have to be. Nor should he. Nor should he. Nor should he. Exactly. So the coaches have to, in my mind, be cognizant of it and i think they weren't quite cognizant of it. hey uh, who's uh minnesota last year every single game hanging in the balance they couldn't afford to do it eagles had a bunch of uh, the minnesota won every single one score game when they lost they lost by triple digits uh, yeah. they, they, they got <laughs> almost guys in then almost uh, yeah but the eagles had games last year where they actually yeah. could have and nick in. talked about it nick there were a couple times where you know Nick, as an offensive guy, is very cognizant of how explosive the league has gotten. So, you know, 14-point leads aren't what they once were. Um, And, you know, as a CEO coach, he, you know, kind of put the damper on uh, putting guys in early. Um, And, you know, maybe he was right, maybe he was wrong. So here here would be my follow-up if I were the reporter thereafter. So let me get this straight, Coach. Last year, 14-point lead, too close for comfort to put a guy like N'Kobe Dean in because he could help you blow that 14-point lead. But this year, six months later, he's your dot-helmet guy, and he's going to take over the defense and run everything. What what changed? During that six-month period, when you were afraid to put him in when you were up by two touchdowns because the league's too explosive and we can't have a rookie in there, now you're going to put a guy who's got 34 snaps under his belt in and you're going to turn the defense over to him to lead. What nothing, happened? What changed? No, nothing changed other than um, he's the best option. Last year, he wasn't the best option. Last year, they had TJ Edwards. What, what this does year, that say about the Eagles linebackers right now if we're, we're well, uh, I mean, it, declaring that's, the Kobe Dean the best option? That's, that's what the NFL is. Everybody goes through similar attrition 30 percent every year uh in average so you're going to lose players uh, generally when you go as far as the eagles do and i know we got to get out of here uh you're going to lose more players but they were trying to win and they're trying to win a super bowl and uh, you know they got this close and that's why i talked about it from the week after the game Man, that was a golden opportunity, and the assumption that it's just going to show up again, I think, is one of the goofiest narratives of this offseason, that everybody's like, oh, they're going to be this, they're going to be that. A lot of things went right last year, Jody. Mm -hmm. Probably not going to go right to that degree this year. Not It's going to be a good team, but a lot of things got to go right. And in my estimation, and nobody's going to change my opinion on this, 
a missed opportunity was there for Nicobe Dean to be better placed this year. And if they lose one of those early games that's supposed to win and then someone runs it down their throat and Nicobe Dean uh, doesn't measure up to what you're expecting out of your linebacker, yeah, I'm going to go Well, let me ask you this before we get out of here. If they win the Super Bowl by a field goal, do you have a bigger problem with it? No, the end of the season is the end of the season. Yeah, if they, that's all they have to do. Johnny Mac, all they have to do to justify not playing the Kobe D next year is win the Super Bowl. You're right. If that happens, then I just have to shut up and eat it. But if no, they, I'm just saying. I'm if, saying it's the same I'm going thing. To sing this song all year long. I'm saying it's the same thing. But if they win the Super Bowl, I'm asking you. I'm saying, does it change your opinion? Because it's oh, the same yeah, situation. TJ wasn't going to be here. But they won the Super Bowl. And Kobe's still not ready for the next year. But they won the Super Bowl. They didn't lose it. I'm asking you, does it change your philosophy uh, if they won by a field goal instead of losing? If they won rather than they lost the Super Bowl? Yeah, yes. sure. Because you know me. The same I'm, situation. I'm Mr. I'm Mr. The results, the result. And yes, yeah, so. I, the Giants were better than the Redskins because the standing said so. The Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl. Had they won the Super Bowl, you're changing a result. Would I look at it the, the entire season differently? Of course I would. Sure. Yeah. But they so, didn't. I mean, they were trying to win the Super Bowl. That's, you know, they didn't get it done, but they were right. trying to win the Super Bowl. And. Again, speculation, if N'Kobe Dean had gotten 35 more snaps, I don't think they would have been short of the game against Kansas City. I think they would have made the Super Bowl and it would have played out the way it played out. But uh, the results are the results. And we are out of results because we're out of time. Johnny Mac, get to the Novacare Complex. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac will be back in 2-2 two and two on Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.